It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dallas Cowboys had practice on Wednesday. What's the biggest takeaway from OTAs? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, your biggest takeaway from OTAs on Wednesday was? Uh, the Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, it's uh, unstoppable it hype season. for you to get there. That's right. All it takes is one practice and the, the Cowboys are, are, are back in and as contenders. Uh, you know, I, I think for me, it, it's – the first practice is always uh, how much, you know, it's, it's, it's an exercise in catching. It's, it's an exercise in self-control. It's an exercise in catching yourself being like, all right, did, did you apply the appropriate amount of grain of salt to that comment uh, before consuming it? Because, you know, OTAs, it's, it's a small sample size. It's a small bit of information and it's the very, very beginning. So uh, there's definitely ways to react, overreact and underreact to all yeah. of this. Uh, so we just are trying to kind of take what we've learned from the past and, and, and figure out what's important and kind of deliver it to y'all. Uh, my biggest takeaway is that CD Lamb literally got bigger, like stronger yeah. and taller. Uh, taller. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Yeah. He said he grew a half inch uh, over the offseason and he gained 10 pounds of muscle, which, hey, awesome for him. Uh, I, I don't necessarily believe it, but I do think he, he definitely put on some more muscle. Like you can just see that in the pictures. But um, yeah, he, he's – Firmly established himself as wide receiver one. He was the only receiver really practicing yesterday outside of him and Simi Fahoku. Um, but yeah, this is it's the CD Lamb's time to shine. And it seems like we're, we're, we're hearing all the right things so far from putting on muscle in the offseason, literally getting taller, being moved to Dak, uh, right next to Dak Prescott in the locker room. Uh, stock way up for CD Lamb. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, I've heard of. It's not outside the realm of possibility that he grew a half inch. I, I'm pretty sure my dad used to tell me stories about how he grew a half inch at 21 years old or 20 years old. So it does happen. I don't know if it did happen with CD or not, but great. I'll take that another half inch and 10 pounds. You know, it's it is kind of ironic that he gained 10 pounds and then and then got you know a, a half inch taller. So meaning that like. He probably is still as stretched out as he was before, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit more, you know. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I will say this: like you, you can see a physical difference in Ceedee Lamb just by the pictures. Yeah. Like he looks more filled out. He's his legs and his arms just seemed, uh, you know, more not less stringy, more muscular. Uh, so there's more definition there. So th- I, I definitely see that part, and, and and I think you know, and that was one of the one things I will say. If you're asking me a takeaway. I feel like we hadn't heard anything about CD this offseason. 
you know, just, just nothing like, you know, good or bad or where he's working out or what he's I, working I kind on. of just think that's his personality too. Sure. Like, absolutely. Just don't hear about him a lot unless he's playing. Right. And so, and so I think kind of getting all that information was a lot because he's one of the guys who's obviously most important to this team that it feels like we've had uh, the least amount of information about absolutely. what's going on with him in the off season. Uh, Honest, I mean, we're joking a little bit, but the most important takeaway that we had from OTAs was Dak, right? Dak being healthy. Yep. Uh, I got a quote here from Dak. It's, he said, this is the healthiest I've been in a long, long time. Uh, he said his body's feeling absolutely great. And then he was, you actually sent me this about talking about the 10-yard splits. He said, we're testing our 10-yard splits the other day. It might, mine might not be where I want it to be, but I can tell you it was much better than it was last year. We actually talked a little bit about this on yesterday's show. I I, th- I said one of the ways that Dak can really yep. improve is if he gets back to being at least a threat to uh, as a runner. He doesn't have to be Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, but yeah. just be a threat. And if we can see him doing that more frequently this year and being a little bit more explosive, then the Cowboys' offense will be better. So that's my biggest takeaway is that Dak is there, he's throwing, and he's healthy. I think that that was half of my biggest takeaway. The other half of that same biggest takeaway from Dak's quotes was, you know, they talked about what he worked on in the offseason. He talked about consistency. But the thing that really, really stuck out to me is that he's been working on his footwork. That specifically is what we talked about all of last season. When mm-hmm. Dak has problems, it's just when his footwork is inconsistent. So get, having him really kind of focus on getting more consistency in his footwork, I think that's huge. Going back to the 10-yard the, the split thing that you, that you mentioned, you know, for me, you know, Dak has never been, you know, you mentioned Lamar Jackson. Dak has never been a long speed guy. That's never been part of his game. But what, but what made him dangerous is that he's big, he's strong, and he has – or he did have like a, a good initial burst so that when he saw it and he took off, he could get some. He could get some yardage going before he someone caught up to him, and even then, he could deal some blows. He could take some. He could take some guys with him. He could carry a guy too as he pow- powers through. You know, get an extra yard or so. When you saw it last year, it just looked like he didn't have that same burst to kind of take off the way he wanted to. So I, I'm glad to see that some time away from the injury, some time away from the rehab, has gotten him kind of closer to what we were used to. You know, and I, I think that that's explains a lot of why uh, you know he didn't do a lot of that last year is that he just wasn't good at it at anymore at that point you know he needed to kind of regain that explosion in his in his calves specifically in order to kind of push off immediately to get you know moving forward north and south to kind of get extra yards so i think both of those reports are not unexpected but but certainly welcome to hear it from Dak. yeah uh some other takeaways um Wide receivers. We yeah. no Jalen Tolbert, no James Washington. Although Mike McCarthy didn't seem too concerned, uh, heard some whispers that James Washington has tendonitis. That's all. Not, nothing yeah. big. They're just being precau- uh, It's a precaution, right, to have the walking boot on. Jalen Tolbert. I don't know if anybody mentioned what the injury was, but Mike McCarthy did say uh, that they expect him to be back either next week or for mandatory uh, mini camp. But I already saw people freaking out on Twitter. Like the season's yeah. already over. The Cowboys yeah. have no receivers. They need to go out and make a trade. It's May 25th, guys. 26th. It's not that big. And maybe that should be the biggest takeaway is that it's it's May 25th, you know? So this information is somewhat helpful, but it's certainly – we're not having – I don't know that anything you found out is having any effect on any games anytime soon. So yeah, 
Let's keep that. I'm just not worried about Jalen Tolbert not practicing in one OTA practice that the media got to say. It's just, and he was on the cords too. So it was probably some, you know, soft tissue kind of just precautionary thing. So I do want to talk about another injury though, that really, really had people up in arms and panicking yesterday. But before we get to that, let's tell you guys about built bar. We've got a new Built Bar to tell you guys about. We've got granola mm. Built Bars. They come out in three unbelievable f- flavors, including chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. If you want to try all three f- flavors, go get a mixed box right now at Built.com. Only 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. Built Granola Bars are absolutely going to rock your world. So go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And go try out some of their other fantastic Built Bars they have. They've got the Built Puffs, uh, Double Chocolate Brownie. They're bringing back some more coconut stuff. So, go, again, go to Built.com and see what they have in stock. Hey, guys. It's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, let's talk about Aaron Smith. Did not practice on Wednesday, and people are losing their minds, Landon. He had a tight lower back. He was at practice, and Mike McCarthy said, why risk it? Should we be concerned about Tyron Smith's back here in May? I mean, no more or no less than you are generally concerned about Tyron Smith's back. I I just – I think at this point in the OTAs practices in mini camp, whatever it is, any, any, anything, your your shoelace broke, your 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 one of your cleats got dirt on it. Any reason to get these guys to to sit out? They're probably going to do a because Tyron Smith doesn't need OTA practices, oh. and b because well, let's go. Sure as heck does need these OTA practices. Whoa, so. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> a little shot there. Uh, I think that you know, look these these guys, especially these older vets. It's more about getting reps for for these younger guys, and that is where I will say, it is. It's not like the end of the world, but it's it would be better if Tolbert was out there, right? Because yeah. Yeah. all these young guys need all these these reps, every single one. And for Tyron, it's like. He, you know, he had the neck surgery. It's helped his back. That doesn't mean he's never going to ever experience tightness in his back. He plays left tackle in the NFL. So any excuse to kind of get him out of practice to let these other guys kind of take their shots and get reps in there, 
they're gonna they're gonna avail themselves of it. I, I'm just not worried about this yeah. right now, and I don't know that I'm worried about anybody. I'm not worried about any injury that's that is being referred to as we decided to hold him out of an OTA of OTA one. It's just yeah. hard to get upset about it. Now I don't want to compare myself to Tyron Smith, but as someone go. who is Here basically the same exact age, listen, fat backs don't really <laughs> get better. They're always they're always a little sore. Now you can manage the pain a little bit. So if, if a game isn't on the line here, there's really no reason to to send him out there. I'm so glad we have you here to kind of give us the uh, the athlete side of uh, exactly what's happening to your body at Listen, that age. A, you, you and Tyron Smith are story. almost clones. I mean, it's just like <laughs> I, I, it's like it's like you guys are twins. It's unbelievable. Uh, all right, let's talk about the actual important news, uh, Matt. Well, let's go. Yeah. Started at left tackle yesterday. Um, yeah. There was some conflicting reports about was it Josh Ball? Was it, well, let's go kind of heard that it was Bolesko that was playing left tackle. Josh mm-hmm. Ball did rotate in, but he was more the primary backup behind Terrence Steele. Um, is that surprising to you at all? No, because again, I think that the, like they're just trying to get these guys as many reps as they can. I mean, I, I think if they are seriously going for it, where they're going to try to have these guys, well, let's go and ball be the, you know, the backups for that, the tackles on that side, then they both of these guys need every single snap that they can take. They need to see yep. every yep. single snap against every single NFL defensive end. They can get their hands on simply to kind of get a feel for what it is, for what the speed is to kind of get caught up to speed. I mean, well, let's go is coming from a spot in North Dakota where it's like, I mean, you know, the, the most, the most uh, difficult competition he's faced is very few and far between. And, and it's usually something like North Dakota state, which Again, is a reputable school for that that level, but is still not you know. Yeah. I mean, his biggest or... test was the Senior Bowl. Like when he went yeah. to the Senior Bowl, he was that was the first time he played NFL competition ever in his career. Yeah. So again, the for for the Cowboys, all of this is about getting young guys reps. It's it's not anything else. I mean, they're not they're not doing real install here. They're not doing anything like that. It's it's more just about getting them i mean really early on in otas it's about learning how to practice learning how to get through the different pods and learning about what's important it's it's a very base install thing so they they are going to do whatever they can to get these guys as many snaps as they can that's why you see someone like well let's go as lt1 because why do you need tyron to go through this for the 10th time in his career in ota ones he knows what these practices are well, let's go has no idea. So let's get him as many of these practice reps as we can. Uh, a couple other notes on offense before we move on. Ryan Nall, I, I kind of feel like this is yeah. your guy now. Ryan Nall, your guy, yeah. uh, got a lot of reps as this single back, basically the running back with uh, you know the third team. Uh, Tyler Smith didn't start at left guard. Connor McGovern did. That's not all that surprising. Connor McGovern's no. still a young player too, so they're trying to get both those guys reps. Um, but that's that's basically it. Um, I, I would, would say that Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com did said he thought Smith and Maletsko looked really good when they were on the field. So uh, that's encouraging to hear. Any, any more thoughts on the offense before we move on? No, not. I mean, I, I think you know we should talk about the fact that maybe you know they they came out in some twenty personnel, and and I think you know again they did this exactly this time last year as well when they were also dealing with wide receivers uh you know kind of dealing with some injuries so 
I, you know, we've heard whispers that they are planning on trying to use Pollard a little bit more in the receiving game. We'll see. This obviously kind of helps that mm-hmm. conversation, but at the same time, uh, I, I'm cautioning again a, a very heavy grain of salt because just like last year, when they were short wide receivers, they ran a lot of 20 personnel to kind of get Pollard that work that in that way. So it is encouraging towards the the Pollard being uh, getting more snaps uh, uh, yep. idea, but it certainly is nothing definitive, and I would wait to hold off celebrating until training camp. All right, well, one more note on the offense before we move on. I got to go back to Dak real quick because I just yep. I did talk to somebody who was there and knows what they're what they're watching. Again, that's very important when you go to these practices. <laughs> Not everybody who's credentialed knows what they t- talk about yep. or what they're seeing. Um, they said Dak's arm looked significantly better than it did at any point last year. And again, that's not really surprising considering, I mean, he had a shoulder injury in training camp, right? And a lot of your zip and throwing power comes from your lower body, which he yes. was rehabbing a lot last year, right? So they just thought he had a lot of zip on his passes, which it's great to hear. It's not all that surprising though either. I think footwork, Go. let's just talk about footwork again because I think, you know, a lot of times when we've seen Dak – uh short arm things or unable to get it where it needs to be it's because his upper body and his lower body are disconnected and he's trying to just wing it with his arm or his upper body torque and he's not resetting his feet and i think a lot of that has to do with his feet not being as quick as he needed needed them to be he he, you know because when you throw the football you adjust your feet in the pocket you need to readjust your feet to plant them again to begin the part of torquing your body from the ground up to throw the football. If your feet aren't set, if you're, if you're, you know, your feet aren't quick enough to get reset the way you want them, but you're having to get rid of the ball because you have a 270 pound defensive end on top of you, uh, it, you know, it can result in some bad stuff. So seeing his footwork uh, kind of feed up to his uh, pass, you know, kind of speed, I think that that's, that's an encouraging mm-hmm. sign. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's go ahead and transition over to the defense. Uh, And let's start with the players that weren't practicing. Just to to get about there. Oso Digizua, not practicing. Carlos Watkins, uh, obviously no Damone Clark, no uh, Jabril Cox. I don't know if I'm missing anybody else, but that's that's the majority of players uh, here that didn't practice. Um, we did see Kelvin Joseph practice. Uh, he's been a full participant all offseason long, so that's obviously good to, to see. Um, what were some of your biggest takeaways from OTAs? Well, let's start with the trio of defensive tackles, right? Because I think, you know, Yes, Osa didn't practice, uh, but we did hear some more whispers again, or at least I, I heard some more whispers that that the team is extremely excited about Osa, that he's uh, put on, uh, he's lost and put on good weight, and he's gotten even more uh, kind of muscle mass, which I mean, he was already kind of, I thought, like lean and 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 for a defensive tackle, so to see him kind of continue to go that route is 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 exciting. Uh, there are lots of people inside the building are excited about what he's going to do. 
uh, I think one of the other names that we heard a little bit about specifically from Broadus and some of the other 105.3 guys that were at practice was uh, Tristan Hill. Apparently, I'm not doing Tristan, it. I'm not getting sucked back in. I know. I, I just can't. That's fine. That's totally fair. Uh, you know, Tristan apparently uh, has kind of shape, reshaped his body a little bit, looks a little bit thinner, was was consistently, they said, the first guy off the line of scrimmage uh, when, when okay. they're coming off the ball. So that's exciting to hear. We'll see if, again, we'll see if that actually translates to anything. Uh, and then Neville Gallimore uh, <laughs> was, was kind of a dubious claim uh, that he put on 16 pounds of muscle uh, while still maintaining his speed and, and kind of athleticism. I believe that he may have put down, put on 16 pounds. <laughs> I believe that it may be mostly 16 pounds of good weight and that he's in better athletic shape than he was before. I have a hard time believving that it's 16 pounds of pure muscle. Uh, the end of the season. Yeah, that seems, uh, that seems, especially so, for a guy that is still kind of dealing with an elbow uh, an elbow situation. I, I think that is that seems like a lot. So he so, came into the NFL at 304 pounds. You're telling me he weighs 320 pounds and still runs a 479 40 yard dash? Oh, I, I doubt that because he played last year at 315, right? Like he was at, so we're, at 330 plus. we're getting to Jordan Davis territory. Yeah, here, right? like that's 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 why I'm a little bit surprised is because to me, he had bulked up a little bit last year. So I, I mean, if I mean my math is maybe all messed up, but I 16 more pounds than where he was last year in my by my calculations has got to put him close to 330, right? Like, yeah, I mean, no way. I, I, my I guess is so. My guess is he's probably 320, right? And, and then it's just kind of redistributed, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. E- either way, like I'm excited if. If he felt like the work that he's put in is enough that he could say that he put on 16 pounds of muscle, I'm excited about whatever the result is, whether that 16 pound number is true or not. You know, like I think that there's something to the idea that he has gotten more powerful. And if that's the case, then maybe what you're going to see is uh, more lineups of Gallimore as the nose and Osa as a three and and kind of maybe them flopping back and forth in those roles. So I agree. uh, I, I am excited to see exactly what we're getting out of the defensive tackle group this year. And we should also mention another name with the defensive tackles from yesterday, Chauncey Golston. Now, I, I should preface this by saying the Cowboys almost exclusively worked in passing situations and third down stuff yesterday. But according to somebody that was there, Golston took every single rep inside. Um, and I guess the plan is, and this makes total sense to me, he's going to be used as a base defensive yeah. end on first, second down. And then kick inside on obvious passing situations again because you have the Marcus Lawrence, Michael Parsons, who we'll get to, Sam Williams, Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong. Uh, but this is kind of what we've always you know pictured with Chauncey Golston. He's a inside power rusher uh, that's a little bit undersized to do that, but I think with his quickness and power, I think he could be really successful. So if those are your defensive tackles, kind of your pass rushers, Tristan Hill, Osa, Gallimore, and Golston. It's a lot of depth there, at least. Yeah, and Golson's got a great length. That's really where he's going gonna to help him inside. Is you know, he's kind of a longer player. He, uh, you know, apparently he has put on some weight, uh, good weight this off season. He's bulked up a little bit. He spent, uh, you know, that's not surprising. Just knowing what we know about Golson is that he spent all off season in the in the weight room. I, I really did expect him to take a jump this year, just because of 
his general attitude and his approach. You know, he's kind of has that OSA level of kind of uh, uh, seriousness to him, right? He understands what he's doing and understands that this is an opportunity. So I am interested to see him there. I am also interested to see what Bohana looks like. We heard that he's uh, uh, lost a little bit of weight, looks a little bit more uh, in shape than he did last year. So that's another guy that's going to be inside that we'll we'll get to see. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think Golson to me is a guy that, you know – likely will mirror what tank tank does you know i think mm-hmm. tank will probably see some of that too where he's outside they'll kick him inside a little bit guys like that are really great when you're trying to run a lot of twists and stunts because they can move so quickly laterally they can get around quickly and just cause a lot of confusion and all that length inside is really good for kind of keeping guards off of you and and, and being able to kind of quickly get past them and and when you're inside you don't have to worry about sharpening that edge to come right. around the corner. That's really where Golson, um, you know, is that's not the strength of his game. The strength of his game is using his length and getting around. Uh, and maybe he's, he'll have more opportunity to take down a quarterback while he's doing that. From the inside. I, I feel like Golson's one of their biggest wild cards on their defense. Like we just don't really talk about him at all. When we talk about the front seven, right? Cause we're always talking about Lawrence and Parsons and what can Sam Williams do? And can Dante Fowler get back to what we saw a couple years ago, but if Golston makes a big leap in year two, and all of a sudden he's a guy that you feel really good about giving 30, 40 snaps a game, your defensive line could be pretty good pretty quickly. So just kind of keep an eye on him throughout the summer, throughout the OTAs, minicamps, and as we get into training camps because he could be he could be a big difference maker for the Cowboys this season. Uh, all right, a couple other players. Uh, we should mention Marquise Bell, who it sounds like made the play of practice. He had a 98-yard interception return for a touchdown. It sounds like he was out of bounds. Let's be honest. He was. He yeah, stepped well, out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> He's somebody from the moment the Cowboys have signed him. Yeah. Has just got a ton of praise, right? We've heard Dan Quinn talk about him. Heard of the Cowboys maybe thinking about using him at multiple positions. But in the first practice that's open to the media, he makes a splash play like that. That's how a UVFA makes the 53-man roster. It's, it's that time of year, guys. Let's hear it. Let's say it with me. It's the drumbeat. Right. What's the drum beat? This is the first practice. We start to, to see, listen for the drums, listen for when they, they start hearing who's the drum banging for. It's about consistency. It's mm-hmm. about hearing it over and over again. This is a great start for Bell. This is exactly what you want when you're coming into the NFL as an undrafted free agent. You need to make plays. The key here is, and the key has always been, with, especially with these undrafted free agents, keep going. Just keep yep. doing it. It's got to be every day. It's got to be every other day. It's got to be consistent. It's got to be week one of training camp, week two of training camp. It's got to be the preseason. It's got to be after the preseason. That's the that's the thing that will you know be the difference, especially for these undrafted folks. They just have to continue. It, it's not enough to be splashy. How many of these undrafted free agents have we seen that are splashy, that are splashy? They can't do it consistently enough to make the team they 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 spend the entire otas they spend the entire training camp uh uh being making the play of the day oh this guy did this oh this guy did this it's usually wide receivers right it's usually these wide receivers that were like there's no way this guy doesn't make the team and then we get to the last two weeks of training camp and they don't do anything they just it just like they completely fall off a cliff so all these undrafted free agents, it's about consistency. It's about the the doing it week in and week out. And if they can, then they have a good chance to make the roster. I, I think for someone like Bell, 
if he doesn't quite live up to that level of consistency, I think at the very bare minimum, he's got a practice squad uh, spot for him because of the money that he's already being paid as an undrafted free agent. But I think if he can kind of continually play like this, make a play here or there every day, every other day, there's there's a chance that he could potentially make the starting roster and and, and be a, a down roster guy that uh, not the starting roster, but the, make the 53 man roster and be a guy that contributes early in special teams while he's waiting for a position on defense. He's one of the players I'm most excited to see once we get to training camp in preseason because I think he's going to be a lot of fun. It is, he's just oozing with athleticism, and if he can start making those plays and becoming consistent, he's got a real chance to make the uh, the 53-man roster. Um, all right. The last thing we need to talk about, it's the most overblown thing I've seen so far from practices. Uh-oh. Micah Parsons was working with the linebackers oh. for the majority of practice. Okay. Great. <laughs> he was also working, rushing the passer. Uh, somebody asked him about what position he plays and how does he see much of Sam Williams. And Parsons said, I, I don't really play the same position as Sam Williams, so I, I don't see him a lot. I don't I don't know why you guys care about this so much. Like Dan Quinn knows he knows how to use Micah Parsons. It's it's okay. I promise you he's gonna rush the passer a lot this season. I agree. Like I, I think this is we need to stop with the Micah watch. Like he, he, they'll, I, they will properly regulate which room, which he's supposed to be in during uh, uh, meetings. They will properly regulate whether he needs to be with the pass rushers and whether, when he needs to be the linebacker, uh, you know, it's a lot of criticism for a lot of folks that basically didn't have any faith in the first place that, that Micah Parsons could be a pass rusher when, yeah. when Dan Quinn and his team did. So I'm going to give them uh, uh, the benefit of a doubt here because they did a pretty good job with them. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.